0: Hey, Mama, I want to invite you to something. I am hosting a free anger management boot camp on the podcast, May 13th through the 17th. Monday through Friday, there will be a new episode released teaching you where anger comes from, and what goes on in your brain when you feel intense feelings, how to lower your stress and increase capacity levels as a mom, how to shift your mindset to align your actions with the mom that you want to be, and how to break generational anger patterns. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a day and sign up using the link in the show notes so you can get access to the episodes as soon as they drop and an email summary of the daily trainings as well as access to a live q a call on the last day of the boot camp invite one or three of your mama friends so they can learn how to manage their emotions well too link to sign up is in the show notes i can't wait to see you in there let's get back into this podcast episode
1: hey mama do your negative thoughts take over do you experience a lot of negative self-talk Or just negative thoughts in general. I am so excited for this conversation. I get to chat with Kaysen. She has a podcast called Her Pursuit. She is a believer, a Christian, and we talk all about taking our thoughts captive and the importance of doing that and what does the Bible say to back that up and how we can challenge our negative thoughts and not allow the enemy to use our mindset to hold us back in life and keep us in depression or just a negative perspective of life. So I am so excited to you to introduce Kaysen. So like I said, Kaysen is the host of her Pursuit podcast. She is determined to walk in freedom and allow God to use her story to inspire others. She hopes to be known for empowering moms to live with more peace, purpose, and fulfillment in all seasons of motherhood. Don't we all want that? Like for real? I feel like that is something that just about every mom wants in her life. So I am so excited to introduce Kaysen. Listen to this conversation, take notes. This is one of those that you want to take out your notebook and take notes because it is that good, so empowering, so helpful. And I will link in the show notes her podcast, her website, and you should go definitely check her out. I think you will find her podcast super, super helpful. I have learned things from it myself, and it's just an amazing show. So welcome, Kaysen. Hi, Kaysen. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you.
2: Elizabeth, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Okay. We're going to do an icebreaker. Before we get in, share with me something you've been loving lately.
2: Okay. I have been loving not being on social media. (laughs) I feel like that's probably like a very random answer, but, and I know it also sounds counterintuitive because, you know, you and I as creators, it's like, it makes sense for us to, you know, share our podcast on social media and be there and build a following and a presence. But I've so enjoyed not being on social media. I found so much mental space by just not engaging there as often. I plan to come back at some point. haven't really figured it out, but it's been, so freeing and so glorious.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, I totally relate. So mid-January, I made the decision to leave social media and it was a friend of mine well, so I heard her on a different podcast, Stephanie Gass. It was Sandy Cooper. And she had an interview with her and they were talking about having an online presence without social media. And mm. she mentioned that she lives in Florida. So then I went to her podcast and I was listening and she said she lives in Jacksonville. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to reach out. So I reached out to her and um, we like connected, we grabbed coffee and she has a podcast called The Balanced Momcast. And Ooh. she's been on my show. I've been on her show. And we had a whole podcast on my show about social media, the benefits of leaving social media and how it affects you mentally and emotionally as a mom. And so, um, when we had like, when I, when I was like making the shift to Christian moms and everything, I also felt to like, take, you know, a break from social media. And so I decided to leave social media about mid January and, just like you, it was so freeing. I was putting so much energy and time into it. Like yes. you want it or not, it just takes a lot from you just to be present there and then create the content and just show up even when you don't feel like it. And mm-hmm. and then I think that another thing is like, I had a lot of comparison
2: mm. to
1: other influencers that I was struggling with. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't mean to, but I would often get sucked into scrolling. Mm-hmm. And that, like mindless scrolling, and like you said, like it affects you mentally. You realize it or not, you it takes a lot of your time and energy. And then I noticed that I would be short with my kids because yeah. I'm trying to be on my phone. And so when I did get off social media, like my phone is literally for like listening to podcasts, pretty much. <laughs> that's it. I'm like, there's nothing else to do on it. Yeah, and I so love it. I I totally agree with you. I think it's really good to like. I, I encourage mamas too, to, to um, take a break from social media and you see yes. how that impacts you for mentally, sure. emotionally, spiritually, all the things. Yeah, so definitely, oh, Kason. I would love for you to introduce a little bit yourself. Tell us a little bit about where you're from, your family,
2: and tell us about your podcast. So I'm married to my high school sweetheart. And we have three little girls. We've been been married for 13 years. We've got three little girls. My journey to becoming a mom was a little difficult, but we got there and now we've got three and they're eight, five, and three. And I'm a first year homeschooling mom. So that's been fun. And outside of my family and my home, I'm just super passionate about helping moms find more mental space and break free from survival mode because this whole thing is hard. It's really hard. And I wish that when I was in the thick of it, uh, which let's be honest, like I still go through rough patches, even now we're all human, but I wish someone would have been there to say, Hey, I see you. I, I hear you. I get how hard this is. And I would love to hold your hand as you walk through this and start to take your thoughts back and ultimately your life. So, um, I have a podcast. It's called Her Pursuit. And I, when I'm not pouring into my home and my kids, I make space for that. And I pour into mamas there. So it's really just a passion of mine to speak life and light into others as I speak it over myself. In, in a way. I don't know if that makes sense if you resonate with that, but I still very much need the messages and the content that I put out. So it's kind of a double benefit. It helps me, reminds me of truth as I'm, you know, encouraging and inspire, inspiring others um, walking the same journey. So that's a little bit about me.
1: Yeah, I really relate with you. Like the things that I teach, I'm like, I need to hear it myself too. Yeah. Sometimes like I'll record a podcast. I'm like, oh, that was so good. I needed that message for myself too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Such, like great reminders. Cause like when, you know, in day to day life, sometimes like you kind of like you hear something that you should do and you know it's important, but then like life happens and you forget. And so it's really good to just kind of remind yourself. Mm-hmm. So I invited you here for this show so we can talk about taking control of our thoughts and why it matters. I think that is so important. Like mindset is such a powerful thing that we all deal with on a regular basis. And we really need to learn like to control our thoughts because I believe the enemy is real. And the biggest thing that he tries to attack us with is our mindset and our Mm -hmm. thoughts, because our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings create our actions. And then that affects the decisions and the relationships in our lives. So let's speak to that. Why does it matter? And what does it mean to take control of our thoughts?
2: Well, this is something that's so close to my heart because I get what it's like to feel like your thoughts are completely running you over. I know what it's like to have a mean girl voice in your head or negative thoughts that just keep repeating and won't stop. So I'm so passionate about encouraging and empowering women to partner with the Holy Spirit because we can't do this on our own and regain control of your mental space. And this matters because, like you said, it affects everything. It affects everything. There's a quote that I heard recently that we're moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So whatever you're thinking, whatever you're thinking most often, that's the direction that your life is going to follow. That's the the direction you're moving in. And like you, you said, our thoughts can shape our beliefs and our attitudes and behaviors and the way we feel. And the choices that we make. So ultimately, if they're if our thoughts are going to influence how we perceive ourselves, how we see other people in the world around us, they basically determine the direction and the quality of our lives, which is really crazy and cool to think about. And you know, this isn't an opinion. This isn't my opinion or your opinion. This isn't just hype girl motivation. Modern science proves this, and the Bible has said it for years. There's actual evidence of all of it and how it works. And I shared a little bit more about this recently in episode 115 on my But there is proof that, you know, you have the ability to change. You have the ability to take control of your thoughts. And it matters because it's ultimately steering you. Like that's the direction of your life. That's that's where you're going to end up is whatever that thought is, you're going to eventually live that out in your life as a pattern and as a habit. So I think this matters way more than we think and way more than we even realize.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, that's really well said. Cause like my next question was like, what happens if we don't like, what does it lead to if our thoughts, if we just don't give much thought to it in a sense of like, you know, doing anything about it, does it lead to anxiety? You know, does it lead to depression? Like with your
2: own life experience, can you speak to that? absolutely i think that i think that it can lead to anywhere <laughs> it can lead to the deepest darkest pit that you can imagine i mean if we don't take the time to stop and get these thoughts under control they will take you into the deep dark places that is the thought in itself i think we've all seen this happen you know if we don't take it captive and rewrite it then it just kind of grows it's like a tree it's going to plant roots and the longer that we continue to let the mm. thought play, the deeper the roots are going to go and the stronger that belief is going to become. And eventually we come to a point where we're letting lies essentially overtake this internal narrative in our minds. But, you know, we've let them play for so long. They don't really sound like lies anymore. It mm. starts to sound like truth and we live in it. We walk in it. So I think that if we don't stop to get intentional about this, it leads to things like burnout depression, discontentment, no joy, no peace, and like those deep, dark, desperate places, like we mentioned earlier, that none of us really want to go to. And I've definitely seen this play out in my own life because when you are a mom, when you're overwhelmed, when you have a lot going on, when life feels like chaos, it is really easy to just let your mindset go And just let kind of life and thoughts tell you what to think, bully you almost, and overwhelm and overpower you. Like, this is who you are. You are stuck here. Nothing about you is ever going to change. And like you said, the enemy is all about that. When you feel weak, when you feel vulnerable, that is when he's going to attack. And we're so weak and vulnerable sometimes, so often in mom life, because it is hard. It is hard. That is real. That is valid. And I don't want to downplay that. But that's when he's going to attack is when we are down, when we are isolated, when we're feeling alone. And I think it definitely leads to these spirals of depression and anxiety, which I've I've experienced firsthand in my own life. So I think that this is very important and I think that it matters. And I think we've got to learn how to take control and rewrite the narrative, rewrite the story that we're telling ourselves every single day.
1: Yes, so well said. And you mentioned that like the he attacks us when we are weak and when we are vulnerable. So what do you think are the thoughts the the negative thoughts that come in? Is that something that we create on our own or is that all of them from the enemy or is it a combination of both? Yeah, I think this
2: question is so interesting because I like to think of the example from scripture where we see Jesus in the wilderness And, you know, the enemy doesn't come and attack him on day one. He comes and attacks him toward the end, right? Where Mm -hmm. he's, he's like really hungry and he's been out there for a while. And so like, we have to be aware that the enemy is not going to come for you when more than likely, like you're, you're not as susceptible to and vulnerable to attack when you are on the mountaintop. Right. And he's not going to be able to take you down as easily as if you were, weak and vulnerable. And so I think that's when he comes and that's when he attacks. I think that negative thoughts come from everywhere. I think that we can see them online. You can see it in headlines. You see it day to day. Um, And those things that we see, I'm I'm, I'm also, I, I like to bring attention to this and awareness that like what you consume matters. So what you're consuming is going to affect that internal narrative, what you're listening to, what you're watching. I believe even what we put into our mouths, like all of these things are affecting our bodies, and if we believe that our bodies are temples, then we've got to be proactive in assessing, okay, what am I listening to every day? What am I watching? What am I eating? How is that making me feel? Is this, you know, a good choice or a bad choice? And we see those things play out long term. Because we have these narratives that start to, to form and we have these stories and we have other people's opinions and, and all of these things. I think the flesh, yes, we in our bodies and our broken bodies are, I wouldn't, I can't speak for everyone. I can just speak for me. I, t- I tend to, in my flesh, lean toward glass half empty. I tend to see Mm. the world in a negative light. I am susceptible to the anxious spiral and getting stuck in depression and feeling like I'm stuck forever and there's no hope and this is hopeless and the world is dark and dim and bleak. And so for me, I feel like my flesh naturally, I'm not proud of this, but I feel like naturally that is what I gravitate towards. And I think the enemy loves that. And I think that he capitalizes on that as often as possible. And when I'm going downward into this dip, of course, I feel like that he attacks me and that it's even harder to bear and harder to fight off at times. That being said, I have learned, (laughs) I shared this the other day in a Bible study. It's like, I've got, I've had so much experience here. Like God just keeps giving me, I keep having these, these chances and opportunities to put what I'm learning to the test every single time I find myself back in this place. It's like, how are you going to respond? What are you going to choose to think on in those moments and in those seasons? Because we ultimately have the choice. Like, it's up to me. No one is coming to save Kaysen and say, you know, here, this is what you need to do. Step by step, holding my hand physically. You know, I have to at some point take ownership and say, this is how I feel. This is where I'm at maybe i'm not happy about it i can be honest with god i can be honest with myself about these emotions but there comes a point in time when i have to decide what am i going to do about it like what action step can i take to move from lie into truth and i think that comes into that comes back to what you talk a lot about you know finding time with the lord reminding ourselves of truth reminding ourselves of who we are in him and walking that out, making the choice to walk it out, even when we don't feel like it in the moment. Mm -hmm. So did that answer your question at all? I feel like I kind of in a roundabout way. Yes, it
1: did. And I think like oftentimes like the right thing is the hard thing, you know, like something that is good for us doesn't always feel good to do in the sense, like like, it doesn't always feel good to get up early in the morning right. and to sit down and do the hard thing, but it's actually so good for us in the long run. And like, what does the Bible say to us that like we, I know that verse in Russian, cause I grew up in a Russian, <laughs> Russian church. Um, but it talks about how we need to, um, be, awake and aware that like the enemy is real and that he is walking like a roaring lion line yeah. that who wants to like really devour you. I'm yes. Sure it's yes. Yes, yeah. yes. So like talk with, tell me and walk me through the process of changing a negative thought. And how does the Bible come into that? You know, cause there's a lot of stuff from self-development world about, you know, mindset and there's a lot of great things from that, but how do we like circle it all back to what god tells us and what the scripture tells us and walk us through like negative thought that comes in and how what's your process of turning it around and reminding yourself of biblical truths
2: yeah i think that well first of all i want to just say kind of touch on what you just said a minute ago about thinking that well choosing the hard thing i think we think We can look at this person, whether it's on social media or in real life, and we think, oh, it's easy for her. Like that's why she's able to do this thing, whether it's a morning routine or she's working out or running the half marathon or whatever she's doing, keeping her home clean. You know, that's not easy. These things aren't easy. They're just choosing to do the hard thing, probably even though they don't feel like it. And so I think that Holy Spirit. Power and willpower can partner together. Like we can make a conscious choice to choose what's hard in the moment. But when it comes to, you know, taking these thoughts captive and controlling them and, and changing the narrative, I think it takes a lot of practice. Like I, I share openly on my, my show, I'm like, this is not easy. I don't want you to think that this is just very simple and like, why can't you do this? And you should be able to do this. It's really, really hard because most of our thoughts are so quick and so automatic that we don't even notice them. We don't even know they're there. Mm-hmm. And so the first step is really just figuring out what you're thinking about. Like, what are you thinking all day? Because we have, you know, tens of thousands of thoughts all day long. I would be interested to personally, personally, like know how many of mine are positive and in impact, like good for me versus like the negative and how they're impacting me because we think so many. But figure i heard out heard that most of our thoughts are negative. I think like at least 80%. I feel like that more. they are. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like that they, they are. And I'm not proud of that. I just, and I don't want for it to be that way, but I just feel like I'm constantly fighting off negativity and negative, negative thought patterns. So to get into the steps that, you know, I just use personally, I always preface by saying, this is just works, what works for me. So take what works for you and leave what doesn't. But have to figure out what you're thinking and you have to choose one thought that you're going to focus on. Don't like tackle everything and in your internal dialogue. Just pick one thing and then you write it down because there's so much power. There's research that proves like when you write it down, pen to paper, there's power in that. So choose mm-hmm. the thought, write it down. And then number three is to challenge it by asking yourself, is this true? Like, is this thought actually even true? I think we think so many things that we don't even stop to ask ourselves, well, is that actually even true? Is there any evidence that proves this thought or contradicts this thought? And that's kind of how I evaluate a thought is I will then take the thought and compare it with scripture. So if we believe God's word is true, if we believe his promises, his character, who he is and who we are in him, then the ultimate deciding factor of truth, whether we feel it or not, is going to be scripture. And so comparing that thought to scripture. And then number four is to reframe it in light of scripture and rewrite it. So I shared recently on my show about one of my negative thoughts or limiting beliefs, whatever you want to call it, was that I was really, really afraid. And I got really in my head about feeling like I had no place to be speaking or sharing on any of these things, because I still very much struggle with this. And, you know, negative thoughts and anxious spirals are, like I said, that's just how I tend to sway. And it's what I tend to be pulled down by. And so I was so consumed and the enemy was beating me up saying, you have no room to be sharing on this. You have no room to be talking about this because you still struggle, struggle from time to time. And so what I do is after I've done these first three steps, which the more you do them, they're not like a, you know, one, two, three, four, five, they kind of just flow into this, you know, pattern that you can, that you can kind of just walk out. But I reframe it and I rewrite it and scripture. And I found specific scripture that says, you know, the Lord's going to equip you for the work that he's called you to do. And I mean, I'm sure there's more verses than just two, but I pulled two. That the Lord's going to equip me for every good work he's called me to do. And number two, that the thorn in my side, basically like this struggle, you know, is something that I'm more than likely going to always struggle with. I don't think that God's going to remove it. I've prayed for probably 15 years of my life that he would just take the anxiety away, that he would take the negative thoughts and loops and patterns away completely, and that it just wouldn't be the thing that I struggle with. But it hasn't happened. And so, it's a reminder of his grace and his sufficiency that I don't have to be strong. I don't have to have it fully figured out. I'm always going to struggle to an extent, and that's okay because his power is made perfect in my weakness. And so I hold on to these truths. Um that step 5 is rehearsing the new thought. That's the one we put on repeat. So anytime and you have to get good at it and it's going to take practice, but anytime that thought would come into my mind, you have no room. You have no business to in this case. And you have no room to be sharing. You have nothing to say. You know, you just don't have any business encouraging women in something that you still struggle with. That makes no sense. I say, no, that's not true. God's going to equip me. And this thorn in my side is a reminder of strength and how I don't have to be strong. I can be weak and I can allow him to be magnified through me and through my life. And I can point women to the Lord and i can show them that you know through my struggles and through our struggles that we can glorify him and that's ultimately the goal and so in step 5 you're just rehearsing the new thought you put that one on repeat and as often as possible you shift from the old way of thinking into the new like paul talks about we're taking off the old and putting on the new and this is part of that and it takes time it takes practice It takes patience, but it's possible. So I would just want to encourage the moms, if you're going to try this, just know that it's not easy, but it is definitely possible for you to do.
1: I love it. I love how you walked us through step-by-step because I think the practical application is like, that's how my brain works. I'm like, I like the mindset shifts and stuff, but how? But how do you actually do it? That's actually why I started my podcast One of the biggest reasons is because I grew up in the church and oftentimes we were told what to do, but we were never like told step-by-step how to do it when we go home, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's that verse, be angry and do not sin. How? I am so angry. I am saying and doing things I regret like that are sinful. Like, how am I not supposed to, you know, like a soft answer turns away wrath. Okay. That's awesome. And great. I, Mm -hmm. I get it. How, Mm -hmm. how I go home? My kids are triggering me so much in the heat of the moment. What do I do? And so that is part of the reason I started sharing my journey because, like, I'm like, I need the step by step. I need that how. And I loved how you walked us through like the practical steps. Can you go through the five things one more time for somebody that maybe like you know wasn't listening all the way? Number
2: number one, you identify the thought. Number two write it down. Number three, examine and challenge the thought. Number four, you reframe it or rewrite it completely. And number five, you rehearse the new thought and you keep it on repeat. And eventually what happens is the old thought, it does get quieter and Mm -hmm. it eventually might go away, but that doesn't mean that there's not always going to be a new thought to tackle and take captive and take control of.
1: Yes. I love it. I love it. So how would someone's life change? if they start to take captive of their thoughts and start to learn how to control their thoughts, what would you like, what's the shift that you noticed in your life when you started to make these changes?
2: Mm. Well, I fully believe that when we recognize the battle for what it is and we figure out how to engage and learn to fight back through scripture, because God has given us what we need to take those steps of action. That's when we experience true freedom. In Galatians five one, it says it's for freedom that He set you free, not so that you could just fall back into slavery again. We just celebrated. I know that these this episode is going to come out, you know, in a couple months, but we recently celebrated Easter. We've celebrated Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and His resurrection. It wasn't so that you could fall back into old patterns. You know, that that's relevant. If we believe it, if we believe it's true, it's relevant to your everyday life and it's relevant to you right now and what you're facing. And sometimes I'm so convicted because I'm like, God did not send Jesus to die on the cross and die for my sins to then be resurrected and give me new life in a way to the father just so that i can keep living as if i don't know him as if i've never experienced his love and his grace and his mercy and freedom and so i feel like that when we can get this one simple thing down that we can walk in that freedom that you know god promises us right now we don't have to wait until you know we're out of the newborn phase in motherhood or we're no longer nursing a baby or you know our kids go off to school or until they graduate we don't have to wait until fill in the blank. You know, it's not one day it's right now. It's because you can do it right now if you choose. And I think that that's one thing the enemy has us. One of the biggest lies he has us believing is that one day you'll feel like it one day you'll be different. Maybe one day this will be easier for you. Maybe, but you know, not right now, this isn't possible for you right now. And I think that it's just something that we have to decide, Hey. I'm going to war every single day. Are you going to always feel like it? No. Do I always feel like it? No. Some days I am on my hands and knees, begging and pleading and crying with actual tears like, God, I can't do this. This is too much. It's too overwhelming. The thoughts are too loud. Lord, help me, like begging. But I think that there are times when we can choose to put on the full armor of God and go to war with these things. And when we use the tools, And the actual practical, practical steps, like you were saying, when we live those things out and walk them out repetitively and consistently, then that's when we start to experience the victory. Ultimately, like victory is just a one perspective shift away because, you know, Jesus already defeated death and he's overcome the grave. So sometimes we need to just remember that truth in light of our current situation Like, this is really hard what you're facing. Maybe you're having a really, really bad day. And we're not downplaying that. I'm not downplaying that. It is hard. But could it be that the enemy is trying to get me so focused on what's going on in my life and the circumstances I'm so frustrated about that aren't changing and be mad at God and take Mm -hmm. it out on him that I'm forgetting that he's already overcome and that in him, I get to walk that out. And so... A lot of times for me, it's just a perspective shift of, you know, you're not stuck here. You can choose to think a new thought if you want to, you can get up, you can move your body, you can make a different choice, but we have to be able to take ownership of that and take responsibility. And I think that's a really hard thing to do. And um, it's it's something that takes practice and it takes time and you're not always going to get it right every single time. But I do think that when we can learn to control our thoughts, then we immediately walk in freedom.
1: Yes. So well said. And I also want to like circle back how our thoughts will affect our emotions and how we show up as parents and as moms. And If you don't take captive of your mindset and your thoughts, and you just allow life to happen to you, life is going to be hard. We Mm -hmm. all deal with hard things in our life. Hard things are going to happen. And the people that go through those hard things and overcome them, and the people that just let those hard things pull them down, it all comes back to mindset. Mm -hmm. I'm not joking. It all comes back to mindset, how you viewed the situation and how you dealt with it. Like, did you see that this is happening to you? It's on purpose. God is trying to punish you. Like God left you behind. He doesn't care because that's what the enemy wants you to believe, right? Like he's going to use that hard season to really speak all those negative things to you. And if you learn to um, connect with God and take captive those thoughts and you say, no, that's not true. My God loves me. And he wants He's working everything for my good, even though it's as a hard season. And it feels like, you know, God is not near when nowhere near, but the truth is that he is next to me. He does love me and he does, he's using this season to glorify him in the end. Like he's using these struggles I'm going through so that I can draw near closer to him, you know, like your mindset is so powerful and listen to me, if you just let your negative thoughts take over, it's going to affect the way you feel. So you feel moody, you feel down, you feel depressed, you feel, you know, just defeated. And how does that show up in your actions towards your family? You're easily snappy, you're irritable, you're in a bad mood often, nobody can do anything right, right? Because it's, that negativity is seeping through onto your family. And then Mm -hmm. your kids feed off of that. They see that they start mirroring it back at you because you can't just like have negative thoughts and not speak and speak positive. That doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. You start saying negative things. And what do your kids do? They repeat what you say Mm-hmm. Right? If you had kids for a minute that learn how to talk, you quickly realize that they listen to everything you say when you don't need them to. <laughs> yeah, And then they repeat those things back at you, you know, and you're like, oh, they were listening. They That's did one hear of-
2: yeah. It's one of the most humbling and convicting things is like I have these three tiny little mirrors walking around and these tiny little, you know, the, those microphones we would probably talk in when we were kids. It's like, it repeats what you say. You know, we have, we have that, uh, regardless of how many kids you have and, and what their ages are, they're one day going to repeat back to you what you're saying. And they're going to mirror your emotions and your actions. And it is one of the most humbling things that I think I've ever experienced, but um, to kind of circle back to what you were just saying a minute ago, I think one of the things that we, we don't want to be changed to be made more like Jesus, because that is hard and that's uncomfortable. We just want him to change the circumstances. We Mm. want him to to answer the prayer. It's like, when it comes down to it, and I've been there, I've been there. It's like, I don't really want to be made more like you really. I just really want you to change this thing in my life and kind of help me out a little bit, make this a little easier, kind of answer my prayer in the way that I'm asking, please. And then we're just going to exactly. move on. <laughs> but like, that's not in <laughs> So relate either. to that. <laughs> that's not in scripture. And it's not what we're called to as Christians. Like the Christian life is not going to be easy. You are called to be conformed in that Requires us to walk through refinement and pruning. And these are not things that, you know, Christian leaders and Christian speakers and teachers and preachers are preaching from the pulpit because that is super uncomfortable. And when it comes down to it, that is essentially what following Jesus is. And one of those things I believe, and that's why I'm so passionate about it, is taking control of the thoughts in your mind and not letting them bully you and boss you around and just kind of get swept into the waves of life and the negativity and let it run you over. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that my, my girls are super convicting. The Lord convicts me through them daily. And, um, like I was telling you in the interview that, um, you did for my show, it's, uh, it's hard. It's hard to, not get sucked into the negativity. And it's hard even now to not react and to not let it build. And so that's why I'm thankful for the work that you do because you help us practically walk through that and figure out, okay, I've got all these emotions. I've got all these thoughts and all these things and the feelings and everything's building and building. And how do I sort through it? How do I manage it so that I don't explode onto my kids? And I think that everything you're teaching fully aligns with this what we've talked about today. And so I'm just glad that I could come and share how to practically, you know, take take a thought and pick it apart and rewrite it and then start to walk in a new truth because I think that it's going to help the moms in your audience to feel less reactive, less stressed when we can calm the mental space and clear it out and evaluate these thoughts and tackle them and take control of them and really make our thoughts work for us instead of against us. So,
1: Oh, I like that. Let your thoughts work for you instead of against you. So speaking on that, we're going to wrap up here. What is one thing that you want the mama that's like resonate with this topic? She's like, Oh, I, this is so good. Like What is one thing you want her to walk away? Like speak to her right now. Mm,
2: I wish I could give you a hug. First of all, it almost brings me to tears. No lie, because I just, I know how hard it is. And I just want you to know that you're not alone. If you struggle with your thoughts, if you feel like your mind is a tangled mess, you're not the only one and there's hope. There's so much hope for you. Do not believe for a second the lie from the enemy that you're stuck here, that this is hopeless and that you're too far gone and that these thoughts are true because they're not. And it's completely possible to begin your journey untangling your thoughts and finding more mental space. And that looks different for everyone. That journey looks different for everyone. But It was an honor and a privilege to be here and share with you today, and I would love to continue encouraging you in that journey to doing that. So that that would probably be what I would say, and I wish that I could give her a really big hug. So virtual (laughs) hugs. Yes. Yes. So where can our listeners connect with you? Where's the next step? Yeah. So you can find more information at herpursuit.co. And you can connect on socials, which I'm not sure at this point what that looks like for me. You know, at the time that we're recording this, I am still not fully back on socials, but I do check in every now and then. So if you want to send me a DM um, at Hey, it's Kaysen is my personal account. And then the podcast is at Her Pursuit Podcast. And um, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to connect with you there.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. This was such a great conversation.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Elizabeth.
1: Mama, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. I enjoyed talking with Kaysen. She is such a gem. And go check out her podcast, Her Pursuit. I know you will find it so valuable and helpful because I have and as a believer and as a Christian, I am learning a lot about mindset and I'm definitely trying to see how can I Line it up with scripture and not just, oh, shift my mindset for the sake of shifting mindset. Yes, some things that you can do it just on your own, but I think bringing in biblical insight into it and backing things up with scripture is so valuable and important. And Kaysen teaches that in her method. So go check out her podcast, Ren, my friend, Ren, and check it out. I will link it in the show notes. And if you found this episode helpful, do me a favor, share it with one friend. I know that if you stuck around this long, you have found this podcast valuable. Please share this episode with a friend and until next time.
0: Hi friend. Did you learn something new or found value in this episode? If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with one Christian mama friend who has young kiddos and could benefit from this message?
1: Word of mouth is the best way to spread the word and grow this podcast. Also,
0: if you enjoyed this podcast, would you please rate and review on Apple Podcasts so I know that this content is helpful and I can continue to create more episodes. This is really the only way for me to know that you are blessed by this podcast. I'll see you soon, my friend. God bless you.